Today's episode of the Get Home Safe podcast contains explicit language that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe Podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Wednesday, July 8th, 2020. We are recording from... An undisclosed location. This is our first show on the road. We're actually in Rancho Cucamonga. We are at the home of Bill Barnes. We are recording with him later in the program. Uh, We always record a day early, but uh, we're here with Bill Barnes. You'll hear his interview upcoming. But first off, a few of my thoughts this morning uh, as we start off another episode of the Get Home Safe podcast. You know, I hear all this complaining in the U.S. these days. Everyone is complaining about something. It could be a statue. It could be a mascot. It could be who the president is. It could be anything that you want to complain about. And unfortunately, a lot of people do. As a former official referee, umpire, I hate complaining. I just hate it. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a voice, but man, it is just a pain to listen to people constantly complaining that said we will do plenty of complaining today later in the program however you know it got me thinking you know as kids grow up they're in their early 20s out of high school you know they complain about how hard it is being around their parents all the time and just complaining all the time i don't want to live here these policies are stupid Uh, much like people complain about being in the u.s but you know what ends up happening with i would say most 20-year-olds, 18, 19, 20-year-olds, however long you're at your parents' house, you eventually leave. You eventually leave and go off into your own life, your own journey. And that's what I want to tell some of these people complaining about America on a daily basis. If it is so horrible here, why are you here? I've heard all these threats from different people, usually around election time. Oh, if so-and-so wins, I'm going to leave the country. Yet you're still here. And I wonder why that is. America is so horrible. Why are there so many immigrants who want to come here? I have yet to hear the answer to those questions. It's better in the places than the places that they are coming from. I I know, uh, you know, my grandparents, they they came from a, from a place that was not as good as here. So uh, all these people complaining, you sound like teenagers or people in the early 20s who are complaining about living with their parents, yet you won't move out of the house. You're in your basement, whatever your setup is, and you just, you know what, you're just going to complain. You're going to call bluff. You're going to sit around and not take any action. Now, keep in mind, this is coming from an individual who didn't move out of his dad's house until it was probably 30-ish, 31 maybe. Uh, And ironically, who did I move in with? I moved in with Bill Barnes for a short time uh, over in the the Claremont area for six months or so. But it was a good time. It was the right time. Uh, I should have done it sooner, but uh, I I did not. So anyway, 
I was not complaining that much about living with my dad, but that's what people who complain about uh, the living conditions in America sound like. It's like, okay, well, go go have a better life then. Go have a better life than, than just living with your parents. Uh, and again, it's a comparison. It's not necessarily uh, a mandate or anything. That's just an analogy we came up with today. If you can hear, uh, our upcoming guest is in the background. He's uh, putting away a few items here in the kitchen. So uh, it is his home, and he is so gracious that we can record here. Uh, <laughs> it is funny to see him get uh, warmed up for his upcoming episode, much like a fighter, just in a locker room, getting ready, training, stretching out, just getting ready to go. And uh, he, he'll be on the show here shortly. Uh, another thing I thought of, and I won't mention any names, but some people have a terrible time with authority. It could be police. It could be a boss. It could be anything. I, I know a few people that for them, the idea of having a boss is... Uh, just uh, so blasphemous. They, they want their freedom. They, they do jobs where they don't have to have a boss. And, and quite frankly, I understand it. I get it. I, I've done that. I've had supervisors in different college baseball, different things I've done. But, you know, at the end of the day, we all have bosses and somebody we got to answer to, unless you own your own business and, and God bless you. That's a lot of work. But uh, it's funny in talking with some people about uh, as we kind of come out of this lockdown, this quarantine, Kind of what are some ideas of some different jobs that we can all go into for, well, we're not so young anymore, but uh, and some people, some of the thoughts I got over the weekend and talking to a few guys was, I don't want to work for anyone. I can't do that. I couldn't do that. I couldn't sit at a desk all day. Okay, well, I couldn't be in uh, physical labor all day. Like, okay, well, then what do you want to do? And it's tough because I'm in that situation right now where I'm not totally sure what to do, but I'm open to different ideas, open to different suggestions. But some people have a real issue with authority. I see it all the time. Uh, I've seen people give up jobs because uh, their boss told them to do something. And, and I think everyone at some point wants to tell their, their boss to maybe go screw themselves or, or whatever, but they are your boss. And until you outrank them, that's just how things are. So um, there's a pecking order in everything in life. And I think some people don't deal with that so well in dealing with authority. It's really sad that people don't look at law enforcement as the authority figure that they are. Uh, but again, that's just, that's talking, talking about a lot of the things that are going on in the country. It's, uh, it, uh, it, it's a little frustrating and, and authority is there for a reason. You don't want anyone to walk all over you, but for goodness sake, I mean, we all know what it's like, or most of us do and having a boss and we may not agree with what they say, but at, if you want to keep your job for some things, uh, you gotta, you gotta kind of, uh, fall in line and do what you're told. Uh, I know I do. If I speak up and, and say things uh, against my boss, I'm probably not having a job. So anyway, that, those are kind of some of the thoughts this morning. Uh, if you're, if you're complaining so much and you, you don't want to leave, uh, the U S uh, you know, you're like the kid at home complaining about how things are, but you refuse to leave your parents' house. And then there's just this real issue with authority these days, whether it be law enforcement or bosses, uh, people in school. I mean, kids are starting to not respect authority. And I think that's a lot of the problems that we have are stemming from those issues going on around the country these days. One last thing, as I was walking, going about my business today, trying to get out and walk more, I can definitely use it. I walk through this parking lot every morning and I saw this, these cars fighting over a parking spot. 
it was it was like this one car was in the middle of the road, stopped, waiting for this other car to back out. When it could have just turned left and, and parked like two spots down, it was an obvious situation. But people get so caught up in parking in the their their spot that they see and just like oh, I want to park right there. It's like, dude, just turn up the aisle. We can all walk a little bit more. And I don't know the whole situation of the people in the car, but it caused this pile up. Everyone was honking at each other, and it was just like, dude, you didn't need to block everything. You, we get so and it's for me. It's just a symbolism of we we get so caught up in our path, our our road, our you know our mindset is oh no, this is uh. This is for me. This is all about me. You don't think about other people behind you. And, and that's where we're at these days. And it's very frustrating. I say frustrating a lot. I know, uh, but <laughs> it's just, dude, just turn left, go down a few more spots. Be thankful. You can walk. It's a nice sunny day. You don't block people's path. There's just no courtesy anymore. It's uh, it's, it's just incredible. Uh, people don't think about other people. I mean, that's kind of the golden rule, right? Treat other people how you would like to be treated. Well, uh, I'm sure that phrase will be forgotten here in the near future. Well, it's almost fight time, we'll say. It's almost time to bring on the one and only Bill Barnes. He's here. Uh, we are here, back here at his uh, house, uh, his home game. Uh, thought we'd take the, the show on the road a little bit, get out, out of our Cassell studios, get out, stretch our legs a little bit, and see if we could do a little remote a podcast broadcast so here we are we are live well not live you are he'll just hear this on wednesday but we are here at the home of the one and only bill barnes he is uh ready to go he's gonna come on here and have some strong opinions as always so can't wait to uh, hear his thoughts and how we spent his fourth of july weekend uh, a lot of us had a good time you know bill had a good time as well but out of the state and he'll cover all of that always fun sitting down with him Always a, a blast to see him in person and record in person, and uh, just a just a blast that we're here at his place today in Rancho Cucamonga, California. So we will take a quick break, and then we will be back for the one and only Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. It's the middle of the week. It's Wednesday. That means it's time for Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. The retired police officer and retired college baseball umpire joins us every single Wednesday for strong opinions and very random thoughts. Once again, here is the one and only Bill Barnes. Well, it's Wednesday and we have a very special edition here of the Get Home Safe podcast, weekly segment on Wednesdays, the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. We are joined again by Bill Barnes, but we are uh, recording right now from a remote location, our first episode on the road, if you will. And, uh, you know, as the podcast has grown, our budget goes up a little bit. No, just kidding. Uh, but we're here with Bill Barnes on Wednesday at his uh, lovely home. I'll let him tell you the location if he wants. But Bill, welcome to the program and thanks for having me here at your home. My pleasure. My pleasure. Um, we're here in the lovely uh, confines of uh, Rancho Cucamonga, California. I'm not going to give the address because I know that my fans will bombard me, and <laughs> it will be it'll be you know in TMZ you'll be here within minutes. So we're going to hold out on that. However, um, it's a nice and spacious um, 
living room, dining room situation that we've uh, made into a makeshift studio. And um, pleased to host this most um, glorious and <laughs> monumental uh, edition of yeah. Get Home Safe. <laughs> you know, I feel blessed every week that I'm on here on a Wednesday. It breaks up the 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 um, the row of of uh, Rio Hondo prep people <laughs> that that are on this show now. We get the really good, wholehearted, real Hondo prep people four days a week. And then you get me on Wednesdays, complete heathen, foul-mouthed. And, um, you know, I, I don't know how the real Hondo people stay tuned to this or they just block me out every Wednesday. That's their day not to listen. Because I kind of feel like this is a real Hondo prep radio network. And it's for all the alumni and I got to tell you, I didn't know there was that many really hardcore, successful alumni from Rio Hondo Prep. That's outstanding. Well, the problem is, Bill, you only know one, and I would say he's not very successful. He's doing a podcast with you from your kitchen table. Well, that's yeah. kind of what I gauged about all alumni. That, you know, they're probably down and out on their luck like you are. But there are some real successful folks that have graduated from that institution. And I'm really, really, really kind of uh, impressed with that. <laughs> Yes, sir. Well, we're all proud of that. And thank you for listening, Bill, because I know you uh, roll your eyes quite often with the uh, Real Hondo Prep stories. But we'll talk about you a little bit today, as we always do. Not so much about you, but just kind of your thoughts. Uh, you know, you look like you got some color over the weekend, maybe, and the 4th of July celebration. How was your 4th of July weekend? Uh, you know, we still observe that here in America, which is which is nice. But uh, what was it like for you? Yeah, believe it or not, we still do. Um, well, it was nice. I was in Laughlin slash Bullhead City, Arizona. I uh, got to see my brother, his wife, spent some time with them, got to see some friends over on the river, did some boating, laid in the water, um, which is all you can do to escape the 112 degrees that it is <laughs> there during the day. Um, on the 4th itself, it was a madhouse on the river. Lots of jet skis, lots of wave runners that these folks don't know how and the, what the fuck they're doing. You know, I don't know how many times we dodged them in the boat. Um, it's, it's a complete madhouse there on the fourth. Lots of people, absolutely zero social distancing. Um, lots of complete 100% uh, craziness in the evening. It was like a war zone with fireworks. It was uh, a lot of fun, actually. Um, we had our own private show that went on and on and on. Uh, some friends went over to, and purchased some fireworks. And believe it or not, we purchased $800 worth of high incendiary um, uh, fireworks that were just, it was just like the Rose Bowl in, in uh, however we were in on the, on the uh, shores of uh, uh, Bullhead City. <laughs> Well, I, I've got not. Well, I've been to Laughlin, but not uh, really hung out on that river or anything and that water out there. But I do uh, know what you mean by some of the people riding around in boats, jet skis. Uh, they're amateurs. They don't really do it that often. And you know, when you throw alcohol in the mix, that only makes uh, the idiots uh, more idiotic. And uh, so I, I know, as someone who doesn't always have patience with stupidity, I'm sure you ran into a bunch of that. And then you throw in fireworks and eight hundred dollars worth. Are you serious? 
$800 worth of, of fireworks. We all chipped in. We all got our $100 worth and uh, and just saw the, the rocket's red glare and all that good stuff and a lot of fun. <laughs> wow, what a time, Bill. Well, uh, Laughlin's a great place. And was both sides of the river, you said, I mean, it's, it's right on the border, Arizona, Nevada. Was it different on one side than the other? Yes. Okay. Arizona side was pretty much locked down. The bars weren't open. Restaurants weren't open. We did find an Elks Club in uh, Bullhead that was open mm -hmm. and being a proud member, we were able to go in there and have a few adult beverages uh, during the day on Thursday. And uh, I stayed at the, at the Aquarius. It was open, um, everything open there, except masks were 100% uh, mandatory. Even at the pool area, unless you're in the water, a mask was mandatory, even if you were on the deck. So wow. basically you're on your chase lounge in a cabana next to nobody, you had to wear your mask. But if you got in the pool and you were in the uh, two foot, two foot part standing with water up to your ankles, you didn't have to wear a mask with people around you. So uh, whatever sense that made, I don't know, but uh, being the good citizen that I am, I adhered <laughs> to the rules and uh, had a wonderful time and came back a little more uh, with some color in my face and uh, relaxed a little bit, ready to uh, move, go um, onward and upward and ready to go. Beautiful. Well, Bill, we had a great 4th of July celebration ourselves on Saturday. I mentioned it uh, a couple shows ago, but it was just a lot of fun in just doing our regular thing. We didn't have any fireworks, but there was a ton of fireworks going on around us. We cooked up a lot of food, had some people over, and there was a ton of fireworks, not around just our house, but the entire Southern California area, LA County, all the surrounding counties. I'm sure you've seen the footage. And, uh, you know, I, I find it uh, just hard to believe that the citizens of uh, the Los greater Los Angeles area uh, did not listen to either the mayor's orders or, or the governor's orders regarding uh, celebrations and especially fireworks. So what are kind of your thoughts on that that happened over the weekend? Well, no one's listening to these two jackasses, number one, because, you know, they're like, you know, they're basically like the little kid in third grade, always raising their hand and coming up with some, you know, stupid shit that they want to share. And, you know, it's like no one believes them anymore. And they cancel all these fireworks shows in Southern California. And this just gives people an excuse to go out and buy all the pirated fireworks they can, blow them off because that's who they are and that's what they want to do. Not because they're that patriotic, I don't think. It's because they just want to blow shit up and make noise. And that's their way of rebelling back and no one's enforcing it. I don't believe any of the cops did much. I mean, when there's, I mean, hell, you can't control looting and, and, and non-peaceful protests a month earlier, how are you gonna control fireworks? Very true. And that's what happened. Um, the social distancing is a joke. Uh, Newsom closing the bars and restaurants down again is a joke. Um, it's just more of the same crap. I mean, you know, here's my thing. If you wanna have herd immunity, what you're gonna to have to do is find a way to test every person in the United States. And if they test positive, even though they have no symptoms, you quarantine them. You make it mandatory, either quarantine them in their house and if they come out, put them in fucking jail, okay? Quarantine their asses, all right? They can find a way to count to, for these 
census people to come out and count heads in every house. They can sure as hell come to every house and hand out a test kit and, you know, find out the results. I know that's a lot to ask, but if you really want to, if you can't find a vaccine and people aren't going to take these stay at home orders seriously, and I don't blame them not to, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the death rates are going down the, but the positive positivity rates going up. I could be sitting here right now and I could be positive. Nobody knows it. Okay. I, I'm, I have no symptoms, but shit, that's, I guess, 30% of the people. That's the way it is. So this is a, this is a really good excuse to keep shit locked down, to keep people pissed off until this election comes up. I thoroughly believe that it's going to be this way through the end of the year. So just hunker down, get ready and be miserable until the year's over. And as far as these experts, I mean, every time Fauci opens his mouth, it's more of, well, you know, it could be worse. Well, it could be not worse. Well, wear your mask. No, don't wear. I mean, nobody knows shit. Nobody knows anything. At first they said this, this, uh, whatever that hydrochloric codone or whatever it was, (laughs) didn't work. Now they say it might. I mean, People, you, you just don't, I mean, nobody knows, nobody knows, but I will say this, if you can stick a Q-tip up your nose and they can find a positive reading or a negative reading, why can't you find a, a cure on the end of that Q-tip to stick up your nose and kill whatever shit that is in your nose? I mean, I mean, I, I know that sounds crazy and I know I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but if you really wanted to cure this thing, I think you could. It's a real good excuse to keep shit fucked up until they try to screw over the president we have in office right now with the idiot that they want to have be president. I don't see how that's going to happen. I don't see how Joe Biden can be elected. I don't care what happens or what you say or anything else. I mean, it's absolutely crazy what's going on. At this point, it does seem like it's a it's a lot of stall tactic, and, and we've talked about this before. You can you can justify a lot of things to the public when you say it in the name of safety. And as maybe yeah, cases are going up, the death rates continue to go down, even with the the, the climbing uh, of uh, of the the rates of affected people. And, and again, like you said, as far as quarantining people, I know with a lot of these sports that are starting back up again, and we'll talk more sports later, but. You know, anytime someone of, of, a, of a coach or a member of a team, you know, fighters, they're, they've been quarantined. Anytime one of their, their people gets infected, I mean, they're out of the picture. They are then quarantined mandatory and they're away from it. So there's, there's ways kind of what your, your proposed method as far as finding out who, who needs to be quarantined away from things. You don't quarantine healthy people. We talked about that in a long time, Bill. Uh, and, and speaking of uh, President Trump, did you get a chance over the weekend to see his speech at Mount Rushmore? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you do? You, any thoughts on uh, look at as far as what was said there? Uh, I, I do. I do know this, that uh, the, the previous president spoke there not too long ago and he was, uh, you know, called this this great hero and everything. But then Trump speaks there and. It's he's called a white supremacist. Uh, you know, we don't need to comment too much into that. But for me, I see that I just shake my head again, because whatever your opinions are fine. 
But when they're inconsistent opinions, that's what always bothers me. And like you're saying with the, this whole COVID thing, there's just so many inconsistent opinions going back and forth, hypocrisy, especially from our governor, in my opinion, and, and probably yours as well. So uh, just a crazy, frustrating time. We're not getting any answers as this thing continues to uh, be a part of our lives. Well, here's the deal. Um, the press, 99% of them hate Donald Trump, okay? They, when he, I don't blame him for not doing press conferences anymore because all they do is come out and lambast him. They find any excuse they can to try to twist his words and make him look bad. Whereas the, the, the darlings here in California, uh, Newsom and Garcetti, the press treats these people like gold. They don't say anything controversial. If I was a member of the press corps, which I'm not, and I wouldn't last because I would probably be fired. <laughs> I would have asked Mr. Newsom yesterday, Mr. Governor, why is it that you can shut down all these counties, their bars, their restaurants, but then Napa County where you own a winery and where your idiotic fucked up aunt lives, you can keep your wineries open. And I'm sure you had a nice little gathering for July 4th at your winery, it was open. Why then, why are you so hypocritical? Is that, is, that, is that what a leader does, leading by example? Hell no. I would ask those questions and, and nobody in the press has guts enough to do that. Nobody presses him for his idiot moves like they press Trump. And it's just irritating because the press is no longer objective or neutral. The press is completely biased and very, very ultra left wing, just like these lunatics are that are trying to overthrow our, our, our country. And it's completely sickening. It, it, uh, I at times think it's getting better, but it, it, you turn around and it's getting worse. I mean, one of the things Mr. Newsom did is, uh, you know, he, he made, uh, again, this, this, uh, doctrine, he, he, he threw this out and uh, mandated basically that, People couldn't sing in churches and places of worship. I mean, uh, that's pretty ridiculous. No, but they can me. sure go chant uh, defund the police and they yeah. can go chant, yeah. you know, fuck the police and they can go chant uh, all that other shit at these uh, protests. Mm -hmm. They can yell and scream all they want and get in the faces of cops and get in the faces of, of people. Mm -hmm. That's perfectly fine. And there's absolutely no enforcement of that whatsoever, but it's unlawful to sing in church are you kidding me are you kidding me that that's an agenda to me that is you you can disguise things however you want but again when we talk about inconsistency and hypocrisy that is a blatant agenda to go after not only churches but the people who attend churches and taking something away from them that is their god-given right uh in first amendment right and and you can't tell me, sit here, oh, that's about safety. Again, like you said, people are out uh, screaming in the face of police and chanting uh, a different form of singing, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so the, the, I don't care if it's singing or yelling, you're, you're yeah. spitting your saliva is still, yeah. still going places, you know, and it's, it's, it's a complete hypocrisy on his part. I never I, I knew the guy was fucked up back when he was lieutenant governor and he, when he was the, the mayor of San Francisco. But never in my wildest imagination did I ever think he was this fucked up. And he's shown his true colors as governor. He is unacceptable. He really needs to be voted out. I have no faith in this, this recall effort. They've been trying to recall this guy since the day he took office. 
that's about as effective as the Democrats trying to um, impeach and get Trump out of office. It ain't working and it won't work. So keep, you know, put your recall ballots away and just fire up in, I guess, about two years from now and just vote the son of a bitch out. And I don't care if Brian from Family Guy, the dog (laughs) runs against him, vote somebody in there that's got some common fucking sense. Oh my goodness. Uh, I, well, I couldn't have said it better myself, Bill. Uh, let me ask you something about the 4th of July. Well, we're kind of on that topic and then and, and on that segment here. When you were a police officer, uh, how many, did you work 4th of July often? I, I got to assume that's kind of the seniority guys don't really work that holiday, but was it as busy as kind of people say it is usually with just everything going on. Not like this year, because there's so much going on. No, no. When like? I when I worked it back in the day, it was a civilized it was a civilized uh, country we lived in to some to some respect. <laughs> and people had their own little backyard barbecues, and there were fireworks shows, sanctioned shows in the city that you gathered your family after your barbecue about nine o'clock at night. You went out, you gathered, you got a blanket, you sat down, and you watched the fireworks. You didn't. Um, you know, have these offshoot uh, firework parties like they have nowadays. So working on the 4th of July was actually pretty nice because it's a holiday. So you got double pay and it really wasn't that busy. So uh, I I didn't mind working the 4th of July. I remember I worked a couple of them and, you know, things were quiet. So we'd go park up on on a rooftop somewhere in a parking structure and we'd watch the fireworks ourselves. Wow. It was great. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you, know, you, you never can believe what you hear on the news anymore, but all these talks about how many fires and how dangerous things are and stuff. And, uh, you know, everything is just blown up out of proportion. No, no pun intended, but uh, I know there are some idiots who should not be touching uh, fireworks and uh, being irresponsible and everything. But for the most part, like you said, I think kind of like we saw the other night that people just want to, they want to have a good time, but they do want to blow things up. They want <laughs> these, these people have been, have been, um, under wraps for four months. They're bored, they're pissed off, they're angry. And you you get another order to stay home or not to go to a bar or not to have sanctioned fireworks shows because of the money and because of, uh, of uh, you know, public gatherings and so forth. They, they say no, they're gonna get their own shit and they're gonna do it themselves. And that's what you saw this year. You know, there was a time-lapse um, video showing the LA Basin and it was like, it was incredible, all the fireworks going off. And I think it's, I personally think it's great. It's mm-hmm. great. That just shoved it right up Newsom's ass and Garcetti's especially, that the city of LA was not going to sit back and act like sheep. They're going to go out, they're going to do their thing. Now, I don't condone fires. I don't condone any of that. But these folks that are out there just trying to celebrate a holiday, I have no problem with that. You can't, you can't, you know keep these people down for, for much longer. So, so from a police standpoint, the, we, we kind of talked about it before with, you know, quarantine and protests and everything, obviously fireworks are going off. I mean, they're illegal in most cities anyway, but especially this year. So what, what do you think police, I don't know, we're, we're told in a situation like this 4th of July, just, hey, things are going to go off. Don't don't go after anybody because we can't control it all. Uh, turn a blind eye. Because there were some orders that were not followed. Remember, uh, we talked about in some previous shows um, from local government and stuff about 
sheriffs or police and police law enforcement not enforcing some of the proposed uh, maybe not laws but orders from government so what do you think it was like for those well, guys this year? i think if, if it's done right in front of you as a cop you have to take action otherwise okay. You know, if you don't see it, you don't know where it's at. You just, as long as nothing burns down, nobody blows their hand off. No harm, no foul. Just keep keep moving. And uh, I think that's probably the way it was handled this year, especially with the impending budget cuts. Cops, you know what? The morale of police departments right now, uh, the young guys are probably upset because they see budget cuts and they're, they're eager and they're young and they want to get out there and crush crime. The older guys get... They love it. Less work they got to do. They don't give a shit. <laughs> so, you know, there's there's kind of the, the two-edged sword there. And, you know, it is what it is. I mean, if you want to just keep taking money from the cops and giving it to God knows where, fine. Just do it. You know, j- you know, this is a battle we're not going to win. So, again, it, it's it's crazy. It's stupid. But, you know. Be careful what you wish for. Right. You know. Exactly. Right? You really want this? This is really what you want. Okay. I can't, I can't okay. wait. You know? I can't wait for the first time that these so-called social worker problem solvers go out and they encounter a <laughs> person who's about six foot three, 280 pounds, naked, covered in their own shit with a stick, with a pole in their hand. And they're supposed to, to A, disarm this guy, B, talk to him. That will not work. That will not work. And I just can't wait for this to happen because it's going to show that these 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 ultra progressive left-wing democrats with their stupid ideas are going to be completely shown the door on this well well, i want to know on that note who decide who decides who to send who decides like we get a call that comes in who decides, okay, we're sending the social worker for this call, or now we're sending an armed policeman for this I have call. no idea. <laughs> who who decides? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to decipher that. That That's probably something they haven't even thought of. Yeah, of course you not. Know? I mean, hopefully the police are going to say, okay, um, well, it sounds like uh, that's our social our, our um, social <laughs> welfare and, and, and uh, uh, deployment team. Call that number. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get a couple of... Uh, you know, college high high level college graduates that, that have a degree in sociology, and they're going to go out there and and get their degree stuck up their ass, and they're not going to be of much help. And the cops are going to have to a come out and rescue them, and then deal with the person that they were supposed to go deal with. Yeah. So it's going to be just a shit show. Oh, of course. and I can't wait. And you know, there are some clips out there of police doing good things, but you you know what? The news media drives the agenda. They drive home. All they want to show is uh, is moments where police are in question of their actions. You hardly ever see on uh, the local news anyway, or the national news about uh, just the you know the good things cops do. That's why I love some of the Facebook clips of of uh, you know cops working with kids in the in the local cities or just educating kids. I mean, you just don't see it enough. It's not. It's not newsworthy, apparently, but uh, well, we've we've kind of talked over that stuff anyway. But and Bill, one final question on kind of the Fourth of July. Uh, this is uh, you know you've had quite a few of them this in your life, and it's the year twenty twenty. Um, I don't know what the Fourth of July Independence Day usually means to you. Did it feel did it feel different for you this year? What can you tell me? I, I've always felt uh, it's something we all kind of get together and just kind of have a party and everything. 
it's it's one of the most important holidays of the year. It's the foundation of our country and everything. But I mean, what are your thoughts on how you normally feel during Independence Day? And did you feel any different this year? Just the fact that it's been uh, the strangest of years. Well, this whole year has been a complete one that if you wish you could erase. Mm -hmm. All right. Ever since Kobe Bryant died, ever since that day in January, from that day on, this whole year has been a complete and utter shit show. If it's not one thing, it's another. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it has been one of those years that is going to go down very historically as far as being bad, very bad. Uh, so in that instance, July 4th has always meant to me a day of celebration, that our independence. Um, it's usually a nice warm day, whether you're on the lake, the beach, in your backyard, you, you, you have some um, alcohol or some adult beverages, <laughs> and you, bring, you, you ring in a whole new year of independence. And it's usually a very happy, joyous occasion. You watch fireworks, you're with family, blah, blah, blah. This year, same thing, same thing. Although it had that black cloud of this is a shitty year on top of it. Yeah. So it was really, really hard to embrace this whole thing. But you did what you could with what you have. And I mean, you don't go in inside and, you know, black out the room and go to bed. You you enjoy it and you work with what you have and, and move on. And that's about all you can do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in, in some of my toughest years of my life, uh, you still have the holidays and, you know, certain events throughout the year that help you get through moments, get you through tough times. And, and unfortunately, we're in these tough times and some people just want to make things political or or ignore some of the things. So it's nice to see that we get some kind of tiny sense of normal uh, in, in holidays, uh, and especially at the 4th of July. And, and I think in this last, uh, you know, on Saturday, there were no sports. There were no movies you could go to. Mm -hmm. You couldn't go to a restaurant. You couldn't do anything except for eat in your backyard and blow shit up. And that's what people did. And you know what? God bless them. God bless America. Exactly. Well, Bill, it is now July. And you know, it sounds weird even saying this, but the Major League Baseball season is right around the corner. They are practicing and doing scrimmage games as we speak against each other. I know you've seen a little footage on the, on television here and there, but uh, you know, it's going to be a very different baseball season. We, we've talked about it for a couple months now, you and I, about what it could look like about the negotiations, but here we are, uh, you know, July 8th and uh, the season's right around the corner. It's going to be very different. What are your initial thoughts? Well, it just figured, you know, it just goes part and parcel with this year. I mean, starting baseball in July, Having instead of spring training, it's summer camp. Yeah, of course they you need know? to have a, some stupid name for it. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it, it's 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 just a whole. This whole year has been a complete, like nothing's we've ever done before. So no one knows what's going to happen. I mean, they've offered guys. You know, they've offered ball players to, to opt out if they feel their health is or the health of their family is in peril and that's what a couple guys have done and i don't blame them i don't blame them you don't want to play don't play i mean to me this 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 year is going to be a joke it's a 60 game sprint i mean 162 games you you measure the level of a team 
whether, you know, for the long run. This 60 game, it could be anybody. I mean, there's got to be a dozen asterisks by whoever wins the World Series this year, <laughs> if they even get that far. <laughs> if a whole team doesn't come down with this COVID and, you know, everybody's positive and you can't feel the team, even your taxi squad. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? Um, you know, there's going to be some travel involved, although with the schedule they made, they're trying to limit travel. They're keeping games within their own division and within one division away. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, what happens there. Um, I'm really anxious just to see how this thing plays out. I mean, nobody in the stands, no fans, um, physical distancing in the dugout, um, arguing of any type is disallowed, completely illegal to argue with the umpire now, completely illegal to, uh, spit, high five, touch other players. It's going to be really, really different. Uh, you know, with some of those things, I don't know if they're just going to have league officials monitoring this stuff. I mean, uh, do you get warnings? Do you get all these kind of fines and everything? I mean, uh, baseball players, they want to be safe, of course, but I'm sure they will throw out some of their their routines as well. They're going to they're gonna, – you know, spit on the floor. They're going to high, you know, they're going to forget, I'm sure early on. And as far as the null arguing, I mean, technically you're not supposed to argue certain things in baseball and it always happens. So I don't know if it's, they're going to find people, what the situation is. It just seems very watered down. There are a few interesting storylines though. Like take for instance, um, the Chicago Cubs, they're playing in Wrigley field. Well, apparently, you know, those rooftops, those bleachers on the, uh, above the, the buildings amongst the outfield, people are going to be allowed to sit out there. I mean, it's not within the stadium. So how can people, how can you police it? So uh, that's interesting. That's one way for fans to be able to watch. But like you said, well, who knows? They may, they may close that. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see that happening. I mean, it seems like we want to shut down everything. So, so I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know if you look at angel stadium and, and Dodger stadium here in Southern California, there's no way to see anything from there, but, but you and I have both been to uh, San Diego. There happens to be a rooftop uh, establishment uh, where you can stand up there. You can't see the whole baseball field, but I got to imagine for people who are hungry to see live sports, especially baseball, and maybe have a few adult beverages or some dinner, I could see that place really exploding and having a lot of business. If they open bars back up, because that's a bar <laughs> up on that roof. Yeah. It's a hotel. They may shut that down. They may shut down every van. I mean, why some people are allowed to. And so I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you, there should be ways you can watch the game. Sure. You know, if you're in your private um, condo and you overlook the ballpark, they're not going to throw you out of your house. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, come on, let's, let's not get stupid with this. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, there's, there's going to be ways you can watch a game. Um you know, well, I, I don't know. Well, as, as uh, you know, we're both baseball guys and uh, we've umpired, you've since retired and, and I'm kind of on the fence whether I ever want to be involved in it again uh, myself. But uh, that said, uh, baseball kind of drives the summer usually and it's been absent for so long. We're getting back into it here. But as you mentioned, there's some guys that are opting out MLB has given them opportunity to do so. And I don't blame the guys for doing it, especially when you're going to make the same money. I don't know about you, Bill, but if you're going to pay me, well, pay I, me to do something, 
will pay me not to do something, I I'd heard, probably not do something. I had heard that Price will forfeit his $11 million. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. yes. Okay. Now, the umpire is a different story. Correct. The umpires, I think at this point in time, as of this morning, there were eight crew chiefs and one other yet-to-be-determined uh, senior uh, umpire that have decided to forego and sit, sit out the uh, two-month season, and they're still going to get paid because their age and their body weight makes them at risk. Mm-hmm. Of which, the one that would stand out at you that would probably should probably sit it out is Joe West, and he is not going to. He's going to work. And that's just Joe being Joe. Uh, you and I both met Joe West, and uh, you know it's definitely a privilege. You see Joe on television. Everyone, the media, everyone hates him. Everyone thinks he's just this, uh, just this, this jerk, and just wants to be involved in the game. But to me, Joe's a guy who is one of the last true uh, arbiters of the game. He he respects the game enough. Now he's on the field at I think he's sixty five years old or whatever it is. He's chasing the total games record. And some people would be like, well, why are you doing that? Uh, you know, when, when not only your health, but the health of others and, and, you know, maybe your best years are behind you. I, I don't know, but I mean, Joe West, he was quoted. He said his heart is as healthy as a horse. Uh, he says most of these people that uh, his comments on the coronavirus were most of the people that they're reporting are dying are not healthy to begin with. I don't believe uh, in my heart that all of these deaths have been from the coronavirus. Uh, so, uh, Joe is pretty strong opinions as always. I would, I wouldn't <laughs> just so you know, Joe is going to be 68 years old, 68 on Halloween. It's quite fitting that he was born on Halloween, <laughs> but he's going to be 68 years old on Halloween. Now for all intents and purposes, he's 68 now. Okay. And he is a little overweight. And I say that facetiously. He, his, his better years are behind him as far as mobility goes. However, I'll say this. When it comes to balls and strikes, he can still call it with the best of them because he's back there. And as long as he doesn't have to move during a game and he just calls balls and strikes, he's probably pretty darn good. Yeah. Okay. Now, does Joe love Joe? Joe absolutely loves Joe. (laughs) Does Joe West, is Joe West out there? to stick it up MLB's ass because they fired him back in 99 and he had to sit out a couple years. Yes. It's, there's no getting around that. If Joe would have been around for those two or three years, he would have already surpassed Bill Clem's record and Joe would probably be off the field right now, but Joe wants to get Bill Clem's record. And to do that, he's going to have to work the, the games he's working this year and next year. Now, why then should he, work this year. That's who I think it's just his stubbornness to get on the field and just to show people this shit ain't going to stop me. Now, God forbid, if he does get sick, we'll just see how strong he really is. Yeah. You know, the one thing I can say about Joe, you look at there's, there's always been a, a huge emphasis, at least in the early days of uh, getting into professional umpiring and guys getting into the big leagues. There's always been a huge emphasis on uh, your, your physical presence, your, uh, your conditioning, your, your weight and everything. It's something I've always struggled with. And, you know, ever since John McSherry died on the field, uh, you know, opening day, uh, working a Reds game, I mean, it's just been a huge emphasis. And so uh, I don't want to necessarily talk about all that, but, but what I'll say about Joe is 
Some guys, young guys, Bill, guys in their 30s, they have to take a nap all day. They have to uh, do their their routine and, and everything has to line up. But but you and I both know a guy like Joe West, with all the games he's worked, he's just like, all right, let's go work a game. Like, what does it matter? <laughs> Joe West can play 36 holes of golf, get up at six in the morning, go tee off, play off, play golf all day, go to the go to the hotel, take a shower, put his clothes on, go to the ballpark, work the plate. And it's just like if I were to go sweep my garage out, it's a no-brainer for him. It's very, very simple. He's been umpiring in the major leagues since I believe about 1976, 77. And you see him in these old clips working with guys that are long since dead and Joe working though back then. And now he's, he's still working. It's amazing. The fact that he has, has stayed in it so long, you know, Bruce Fremming, another guy stayed in it a long time. I think Bruce worked till he was damn near, 70, maybe 67, 68, like Joe. Uh, Jerry Davis, bless his heart, he's going to take the year off and come back next year and work so many games to where he surpasses, I believe, four, 5,000 games. Maybe I'm not sure what it is, but there's some record he's chasing that he will get, and he wants to do it in St. Louis where he grew up, and I'm sure Major League Baseball will oblige him on that. So, uh, Jerry, I, I salute. Jerry's a nice, nice man, class act. Uh, spent some time with him in the 2017 World Series and uh, just a very nice, gracious gentleman. And I wish Jerry the best. And I, I, I'm i sure he's doing well down at his beautiful uh, Casa in Huntington Beach, <laughs> which he'll remain during the summer and come back next year. Um, but with that said, I think Kerwin Danley, his first year as a, a crew chief, he's going to spend uh, off and in a, and. I know a lot of umpires out there listen to this show, like umpires college, high school. If you know Kerwin, it doesn't surprise you at all that he's taking the year off. And he's going to be 59 years old. And he realizes that, you know, he's not a kid anymore. He's going to take advantage of that. And I don't blame him. I don't blame any of those guys. Tom Hallion, Mike Winters, I believe. Um, Fielding Culbreth, who's a little on the heavy side. He's going to take the, take the season off. So... Hey, they're offering those guys for their own health and welfare to skip the season and still get paid. Do it. Let's talk about something, uh, Bill, that's, that's kind of, I, I think, relevant here is that, you know, we've kind of focused on the umpiring side of things, and that's something that you and I relate to. Uh, we are very big fans of, of uh, most of the umpires, and they've been very gracious to us and the times we've met them. It's been just great talking baseball and life with them. But, you know, you got two two different types of people. You got Jerry Davis, who's going to stay home and enjoy his time in Huntington Beach. And he only needs, uh, you know, uh, what, 40-something games to get that 5,000 mark, whatever he wants. Uh, Joe West, he's hungry for that, for that uh, total games mark. And Joe is a guy that just wants to be out on the field, wants to be out on the road. And you and I both know guys who are like that. There are some guys specifically talk about the college season, like, you know, there are some guys who are itching and getting ready. They, they just want to be on the road when, when February rolls around. And there's other guys that they just kind of like, uh, do we have to work as this many games? So there's many different types of umpires. Uh, I know that, you know, you're recently retired a second time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you came back to kind of get out on the road a little bit more. And, you know, you're a guy, I think, that likes the road. Some people love the road. <laughs> yes. There's some guys that are miserable at home. Yeah. And... <laughs> 
you know, I think Joe loves to be on the road. Joe loves to hold court. Joe loves Joe. Joe is a media. He loves the media. In fact, he's the one who went to the media and told him he's working and that he doesn't think in his heart of hearts that all, all these people are dying from COVID. He thinks there could be a contributing factor. And a lot of people share that idea. Okay. I mean, who knows? I mean, he, everybody's entitled to their opinion because the experts don't even know, you know, it's yeah. just all I know. All we know is that there's a bad strain of a virus out there that they said is passed through um, with, you know, saliva and droplets. And now they're saying it can be airborne. You know, who, who the fuck knows mm -hmm. to be perfectly blunt. <laughs> and, um, and I'm quite literally getting sick of it all. Okay. Yeah. I would like to get my life back. You know, I'm not used to being cooped up like this, although, uh, you know, I'm careful. Like I've said in every show that I've done, I'm careful about it. I try not to mix in crowds. And I'll tell you what, when I was in Laughlin, I was in a, you know, a crowded uh, casino walking through it. I didn't play any, any table games or anything, but I don't like crowds anymore. I really don't, you know, I kind of like this distancing thing. I don't like, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I, I didn't like it. You know, I don't like people around me. I don't, you know, I've, I've learned to distance myself. And if I have a stranger around me and, and, and I don't know who they are, I get a little nervous because I don't know what kind of, you know, I don't know what's, what's going on with them. So, so let me ask you then, because uh, I'm not here to I'm tease you or jab you, but okay, you talked about you want to get out, you want to get on with your life, but then you don't like being around people. So, so what were some things you would do tomorrow if, everything was lifted and you, and you could, I mean, it sounds like you want freedom, but you don't kind of know what you necessarily want to go do. Or is it just, do you feel a little more restricted? I, I'm asking because I, I, I want the freedom. Yeah. I want the freedom to go and not worry about if somebody sneezes on me, that I'm going to be cooped up in, in isolation for 14 days. Yeah. I want, it, it's not that I really want to go sit in a bar. I've done that. It's not all it's cracked up to me anymore, to be quite honest with you. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed being outside. I enjoyed being out in an outdoor area now. Um, I don't really give a shit about going to a movie theater. I've got all kinds of channels on my TV, you know, um, I would love to go to a ball game when I, when I would, you know, That'd be nice. and, and, and have the freedom to go and sit in a stadium and watch a game. That'd be nice. I would love to go and not have to have some stranger put a thermometer to my forehead when I walk in somewhere and be afraid that if I register hundred point five, they're going to throw me out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's not a comfortable feeling. I, I, I despise these fucking masks, but I wear one. I wear one when I'm supposed to, yeah. you know, I'm a team player too. I'll bitch about it. I'll <laughs> complain about it. I'll be the biggest pain in the ass, but when it comes down to it, I'll do it. Okay. I'm a crybaby. I, I, I want my way. I'm completely <laughs> narcissistic about some things. I get it. I understand that. That's just who I am. Um, you know, but when it all, when it comes right down to it, I'll do what I'm told. Yeah, Bill, I, I am with you on a, in a lot of areas because I, same way, I've always been out, very social, like to get out and, and see people and go, I, are umpiring, traveling around and doing different things. Uh, the past few months have been so odd and sitting around. And in some ways, thank goodness it's 2020 because we have so many things accessible at our fingertips. We have, uh, we can bring a podcast to your house. We can watch almost anything you want on television and uh, you know, if you live in a pretty decent, okay area, safe area, you can walk around there. There's options, but yeah, I, I'm at a point in my life too, where 
I don't love being around a ton of people out in public. If it's at my house or we're having a party or doing something, uh, yeah, I'm with you. So it, it has been uh, odd, the things you get used to, the things you want to do. Uh, but it would be nice just to have the freedom to ha- to to do some of the things because we talked about singing in the church. I mean, you uh, you can't do that. I mean, just having the freedom to do the things that we take for granted uh, would would certainly be nice to do during this wonderful season of COVID nineteen lockdown twenty twenty. Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would welcome getting the fucking getting the virus. I really would. Just give it to me now. I can get it. I can get it. Get it done and over with. I'm going to survive it. Okay. I, be, I do believe I'm one of the 99.9 percent that's going to live. I may get sick, but give it to me. All right. Let me just get it done. But I don't because I don't want to pass it on to someone that may be a lot, lot sicker than me. Yeah. Okay. And who's compromised? I fully believe that if I get it, I'll be fine. Not fine, but I'll, I'll live. Okay. I may be angry, pissed off, and sick. You know. Well, I'm angry and pissed off 99% whether of the time Whether you're healthy anyway. or not. Yeah. So whether I'm healthy or not. So if you had a, if you had a runny nose, a cough, and, and some difficulty breathing, well, okay, maybe that'll mellow me out. So it could be a good thing. Who the fuck knows? But what I'm saying is the problem with this is that if the wrong person gets it, it could be lights out for them. And, and I don't particularly care for that idea. And But I see that everybody's screaming about the positivity rate. My, my, my sister-in-law is a nurse. She's a, she's a nurse at UC Irvine. I asked her over the weekend, I go, what's the deal with this? And she goes, I don't know. I've asked doctors and they are like mom about it. They don't know. They have their opinions. They're keeping them to themselves. Um, so who knows? I do know this, that um, I, this is just as my non-medical ex- expertise talking here, which, you know, means nothing that i think that the 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 virus itself is losing its potency the more that people get it it's breaking down a little bit oh, hopefully yeah. and we'll be able to get this thing at the extinction rate here shortly and get it done have some herd immunity but it's still going to be around it could still pop up unless we get you know some type of uh, vaccine for it so with that said you know the spread of this is spreading, obviously, if you believe what you what you you're 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 hearing in the news um, that, you know, it's spreading amongst younger people. Well, the younger people can handle it a little better, but the death rates going down, hospitals going up. Well, that's that's the flu for you. That's a flu. What's a that? We almost have forgotten what the flu you know, is. We forgot that people die of the fucking flu every year. And that everybody's putting a stamp of COVID when they die now, when it, whether it's pneumonia, regular flu, emphysema, you know, because if you test, if, 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 if it's convenient to say it's COVID, by God, it's COVID. Again, from what I other, from what I understand, you know, I, again, who the fuck? No, knows? I mean, I've been told that, you know, the, the COVID deaths, the COVID deaths are not people that, that died from COVID. It's people that died and have COVID in their system. Right. And, yes. and the deaths continue to go down. It's, you know, 200 something a day here in, in, uh, you know, the United States. Uh, but there's like 7,000 something people that die uh, a, a day in the United States, like uh, of just anything. So, uh, I mean, there, there's all kinds of numbers. Everybody seems to have their numbers, their uh, evidence, you know, I just want to see facts. I want to see 
factual evidence that we can use. Everyone wants to give their opinions and throw out uh, these claims about, oh, well, uh, there's all this, this, there's this many more cases. Okay. How many people are dying from it? Uh, and not to, to diminish the people that are dying from it, but unfortunately, Bill, everyone's going to die someday. You know, uh, as far as I know, I mean, uh, I have it on good authority that uh, everyone will. So uh, we nobody we, makes it out alive. No, nobody does. I mean, we've talked COVID for, for months here, but it's because it, it's what we've been surrounded by and it's affected all of our lives one way or another. And you're right. 2020 is going to go down in the books. I, I hope uh, <laughs> the first six months have been absolutely ridiculous. I really hope the second half here improves, but I don't see that coming either. No, the first uh, the first seven days haven't been a real peach, <laughs> so I can't see any improvement, uh, you know, on the horizon. Um, I will be surprised if if some of these sports seasons go the the distance. I really am. I'll be I'll be shocked. I I I, I want to predict right now. I don't think the NBA is going to make it. I don't think so either. I I agree with you. And and they are go they're doing this bubble in Orlando, uh, and. I just, first of all, the NBA, of all the sports that are coming back, baseball, uh, with some of the political messages and the, uh, just the, how, how aggressive some of the NBA is with some of their stances on things, uh, I probably won't watch it. I, I, I just probably won't. Uh, they, they, they've bought into a lot of the propaganda that's out there, and I got better things to do than, than watch uh, 10 guys in a, in a gym, basically, because they're not arenas. They're just going to play, you know, no fans. Uh, they're trying to push it out there for everyone. Oh, we're coming back and everything. Uh, I'm not saying baseball's perfect either, but I'll probably tune into baseball before I watch some of this basketball All, stuff. all this is for TV rights. All That's this it. is for TV. This is for television. That's yep. all it is. That's all it is. And, you know, who gives a shit? Yeah. You know, we talked about this repeatedly, Bill, but it's, I never thought in early April – that I would be able to function without sports. But here we are three months later and it hasn't been great, but I've, I'm okay. Like I'm okay with it. I've, I've watched a few other sporting events and they're like, Oh, okay, this is fine. Uh, but, but basketball, yeah, the NBA, they're in that bubble. Uh, I, I just don't see that working out for them. I think because it's uh, closed doors, it's not out in the open. I, I think it, it could not go well for them. Agree. Agree. And I, I don't even know what hockey's going to do. Yeah, they're still talking. Yeah. I have heard recently that uh, they're looking at a, a late July or early August uh, start after getting back to training. Uh, that that could be exciting. Only the, only from the standpoint of they're just going to say, hey, we're just going to do a 2014 playoff and have at it. So I'm kind of intrigued by that. And, and I do know that you have a you have a pretty good listening audience of, of high school football officials. <laughs> yes, I will sir. say this. July 12th, from what I understand, what the CIF will meet in their uh in their lavish uh, offices in cerritos california or wherever the hell they're at and um they're going to come up with a plan on what football is going to be like this year and from what i understand all indications are that it's going to be there's going to be no fall football under with thing with the way things are right now there will be no fall football there's probably going to be some type of january plan february to play football. And that is if obviously it's healthy and all fall sports are going to be shelved until January. And I can't, especially football. I mean, you're, 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 
you know, you're, you're making contact with people. You're sweating on people. Okay. Um, it's, it's incomprehensible. It's, it's, it just, I just have no comprehension of the fact that you'll be able to play football the way things are right now. I can't believe the NFL is still going to forge ahead. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm at a loss on that. Well, Bill, but at a point, okay, I, and I hope and pray that, that football does not go away, especially for high school kids and, uh, and college even. But, you know, man, I just, at some point, don't we have to just get out there and play? And if people get sick, they get sick. But not, it, not with kids, not with, that's just not too with, heartless not of me to with say. juveniles under age, okay. under age 18 in, okay. in high school. There's no, that's no fair way. That's There's fair no enough. way. College, maybe. Pros, maybe. Yes. Okay. I'll buy that. There's no way. Because they're going to allow too many lawsuits, possibly with unsafe conditions. I believe so. Yeah. Um, how are you going to insure a field? How are you going to insure these kids? <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I mean. So I'm, then, what's it got to be? It's got to be a vaccine before anybody's playing sports at a high school level. It probably. could be. I, I I don't know. Or a herd immunity, where you know the rates of hospitalization, the rates have gone completely down. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be. I, I don't know. Again. This is all untested stuff we're going through. I, I don't want to say uncharted waters because I'm tired of hearing that shit. <laughs> I'm hard, tired of hearing all these cliches for what we're going through. Yeah. Bottom line is nobody fucking knows. Yeah, it's it's sad. It's sad for uh, for the kids that that uh, want to play. Uh, I can't imagine going through high school without playing sports. That's just me. Uh, and then colleges. College is a whole other issue. I mean, uh, you're, you're dealing with not just the coronavirus situation, but uh, everyone getting very politically motivated, uh, commenting and uh, being involved in, in so many different uh, things out there regarding uh, our current relations in, around the country. So that whole thing is going gonna, is gonna to really be interesting. Again, I could see them pushing the season back. Uh, starting in January is kind of weird. I understand right? that the junior college, yeah. community college football has a plan to start in January as well, February. Wow. If that happens, I guarantee you that's going to trickle down. Trickle down. Yeah. Uh, who knows what they're going to do with the sport of baseball? I do know that baseball, college baseball at any level is going to be scaled way back. Mm-hmm. And just for cost saving reasons, because of the money that, that's being lost. I think people will move uh, heaven and earth to play college football, uh, at least at the Division One level. They will play it in February. They will play it uh, in April. They will do whatever they need to do to play it. There's so much money involved. At the end of the day, uh, it, it, there's a lot of money on the table, and people may not want to say this, but it is about money. Um, they want to. It's all about safety too. But uh, you know, people can do without a baseball season. Excuse me. People mm-hmm. can do in some universities without a basketball season. Although some universities, basketball is their money maker. But those that play football, I, I just cannot see that being pushed aside for the entire year. I could see it postponed, though. You can you you may see twenty twenty get completely washed, and then your twenty twenty one be a completely transitional year as far as sports go, where you're playing football in the spring, you're playing <laughs> basketball in the summer, mm-hmm. you're playing baseball in the fall, and then a quick turnaround where yeah. football would then start again. Then almost have two seasons in, in twenty one. They have their spring season and then turn around and start again, maybe in October. (laughs) I could see that a complete transitional type situation going. So again, 
Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Sports has been interesting in 2020. It's going to be a lot more interesting, I think, in 2021. So we'll see. Well, Bill, this is definitely one of our shorter episodes, but I got to tell you, this is a lot of fun being here uh, on the road, uh, being uh, in your place. A little more room here, a little more spacious, uh, you know, in our makeshift studio here and a little easier than I thought it would be getting the microphone and everything uh, together with uh, me being as tech savvy as I am. So uh, great time being here. Well, you know, and I'm not I'm not a cheap Scrooge like you are either. I turn the air conditioner on and it's nice (laughs) and cool in here. You know, I'm not up sweating my ass off up in your uh, in your upstairs uh, um, honey bucket. (laughs) Uh, that we call a studio. So this has been very comfortable and uh, enjoyable. And, and uh, we haven't had a real long show, but I think we hit some good points. Yeah. And um, I'm eager to get back at it again. There'll be some other big catastrophe that will attack next week. I'm sure of it. And, um, you know, yeah, just, just all we can do is just keep shoving. Keep shoving. As soon as you leave here, as soon as I leave here, your, your house, uh, you know, there'll be some other things that come up and Pretty soon here, within a couple of weeks, I mean, we're going to have some sports to talk about, and we will dissect, I'm sure, things uh, very deeply uh, because uh, we've been so longing to to see some sports. So, uh, Bill, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to be here, and if you're up for it, I think I might bring the studio to you a little bit more often. I'm, I'm up for it. It makes it really easy for me. I don't have to do anything. <laughs> well, I know that's that's your favorite, that's right? That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, just roll downstairs and... Uh, you know, as long as you got an umbrella for your drink, I mean, that's the important thing. That is the most important thing. <laughs> well, Bill, it's uh, just after five o'clock and uh, you know what? This has been a nice home game for you. So uh, once again, I appreciate it. And uh, we will talk to you next Wednesday. Next Wednesday, it is the 14th. Um, I believe that would have been one day after the uh, the uh, All-Star game at Dodger Stadium, or maybe it was going to be yesterday. I'm not oh, sure. Man. I can't remember what it was. But anyway, that ain't happening until 2022. So don't hold your breath for that. Um, and, um, you know, get home safe. <laughs> well said, sir. A big thank you to Bill Bards, not only for coming on the program once again on a Wednesday, but also letting us uh, come to his home here. You know, I think this is a little more comfortable studio than perhaps the one we have in the, at the Cassell House in uh, Eastvale, California. So we might be returning here for a few more remote uh, episodes if we can, if he is so gracious to include us and have us here. But it's definitely uh, our home away from home. We will have a few episodes here again if Bill Barnes is up for it. But like he said, he doesn't have to do anything. Come on downstairs, uh, sit at his own kitchen table in his uh one of his four bathrobes he has. Now he's not wearing a bathrobe now, but he, he has many. Anyway, we hope to be back here. And of course, Bill Barnes will be back here next Wednesday for his weekly segment on the weekly Wednesday win. Thank you, Bill Barnes. Well, tomorrow we will be joined by Eddie Drain. Eddie Drain, yes, is from uh, Rio Hondo Prep. As Bill Barnes so eloquently put it in our interview, he mentioned that uh, this has kind of turned into the Rio Hondo Prep radio network. Uh, he's not wrong. There, there's quite a few people from uh, Rio Hondo Prep who've been on here. But I will say this about Eddie Drain. He has a great story. Eddie is a cancer survivor. He had leukemia when he was nine years old. Uh, he survived that, and then he survived some years of uh 
playing for Coach Matt Hersema in his junior high years. He had a great high school career. He's from a great family. Um, just a tremendous story about perseverance. Couldn't be uh, more happy and proud of the, of the way Eddie's turned out. He's fought through adversity uh, from a very young age. So we'll talk a lot about uh, leukemia and fighting through cancer in his younger days and uh, his battle. It, it spoke to so many different people when he was going through it and he's inspired a lot of people so be sure to tune in tomorrow for that episode looking forward to that it was a fun time we got one more episode after that to finish out our week and i can promise you on friday it's going to be very very different uh just teasing it for now that we will have a uh, a rather different show i'll say on friday in the fact that uh, I, I don't want to give too much of it away, but be sure to tune in. We're going to call it kind of like a mystery show, we'll call it, uh, for now. I'll tell you more about it on Thursday after the interview with Eddie Drain. So be sure to tune in, guys. A lot of big things coming on here with the Get Home Safe podcast, our first remote episode today with Bill Barnes at his home, Eddie Drain on the program tomorrow. And a very mysterious type show on Friday. Very different from uh, what we have been doing the past few months. So be sure to tune in. Guys, I appreciate you listening. Uh, thank you all for the support. As always, you can follow the Get Home Safe podcast through many platforms. We operate through Anchor. But if you follow us on Spotify or Apple, whatever you listen to us on, we appreciate your support. If you'd like to be involved, maybe not be involved in an interview, but you want to kind of... Uh, have your voice heard on the program. I've said it all week, but on the Anchor app or the Anchor uh, desktop, you can go on and on our podcast, look up Get Home Safe Podcast. Towards the top, it says message. Click on that. You can leave a voice message and I can put that message on the show. I can answer your questions, your comments, any content suggestions. Uh, If you'd like the show to go in a certain direction, feel free to tune in and to uh, participate. We would love to hear from you. Love to get feedback from our audience. Uh, I think it's a way that we can improve our content and our conversations as we move forward with this podcast. So that is a great way. We don't have callers or call-in show, but that is a great way for you to uh, have your voice heard. I can then answer. Everyone else can hear your question. If we can get a few of those, that would be great. I'm going to keep promoting it here on every single episode so that people can... uh, Feel free to, to, to chime in and be uh, feel welcome to chime in. We would love to hear from you. We've had one taker so far, and that was Will Tarico, who was on the podcast earlier this week. Anyway, uh, guys, as always, you can follow us on our various social media platforms. Our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast, and our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. Again, if you don't want to send in a an audio clip on our Anchor app. You can email us with any questions or comments or you know just anything in general, guys. We want to give you guys options. That's what we're here for. Options to listen, options to participate, options to see all of our content that we put out. And we're working hard for you and we really appreciate all the support. So guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe.